بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تأكلوا الربا أضعافا مضاعفة واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون So my dear brothers and sisters, this is uh, the verse number 130 from Surah Al-Imran. Alhamdulillah, we are in the month of Ramadan. We should thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he kept us alive until we are able to fast in this month. Every good deed that we do in this month is multiplied by many, many times. Even when people say subhanallah or alhamdulillah, so the reward is multiplied many, many times. You know, even you say subhanallah in other months, the reward is, uh, you know, it fills uh, all the space between the heaven and the earth. Same subhanallah in Ramadan will be multiplied by many, many times. Same the prayers, fasting, charity, reading the Quran, even attending the class that we are attending the class now so it has a big reward and in the month of Ramadan the reward is much much more one important thing to learn in month of Ramadan is that it teaches us kindness that people should be kind and that actually was uh, I'm going to explain today in the light of uh, this verse from Surah Al-Imran because uh, uh, the context of the verse is that after the battle of Uhud, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encouraged believers to help each other to spend the money in the path of Allah. So whenever you teach people uh, speak the truth, you have to emphasize and also say speak the truth and don't lie. Similarly, spending money in the path of Allah, charity, sadaqah is a very important good deed. An opposite of that is riba, taking the interest. So when you have to command people, spend money in the path of Allah, you also have to forbid people from taking the interest. Both are opposite. They never can meet each other. In our time, riba has become uh, very popular and very common everywhere in the world. You know, all the banks, they are based on the, on the riba and uh, Many, many people in, in directly or indirectly are involved in the riba. Even when the people claim, uh, you know, such a name as Islamic uh, banking or Islamic finance, they also do, do the same thing what the Quran has been forbidding. And I want to explain that because, you know, all us, of us belong to this world, modern time, and we face all this problem. And many of us keep asking that you know, if I buy a house uh, you know, on Islamic mortgage, is it allowed? So I want to make clear actually that uh, what uh, is riba in the Quran and how Islamic finance and Islamic, Islamic banking cannot be Islamic. You know, I have been given an example you know, in the past. It is basically like saying Islamic zina, Islamic uh, stealing, the same thing Islamic, you know, Islamic banking. You know, there's nothing Islamic in it. So let me make it very clear to everybody understand. 
what i mean the way allah has made human relation in this world it is based on the kindness kindness and cooperation so i should be kind to you you should be kind to me and if you need something i help you and you help me so we all come cooperate and support each other and help that how he made so in this way then we can have our time to worship allah and to obey him so the main purpose is to obey, worship allah to obey him and the human being among each other they they have to help each other and cooperate for this purpose so you know in this world certainly we need to eat drink sometimes we need to build the houses people need to get married people need to marry their daughters and sons they need help so the other everybody else they have to help them and support them this obligation for amr so that how he made the world for this he purpose he introduced many institution for the poor and needy people the most important that he did is sadaqa charity that if somebody is poor and needy and they cannot afford to eat and drink and they don't have enough for their need so then people who can afford those who are rich they should spend money upon them and expect reward only from allah not from the people expect reward from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so understand that you know sadaqa is basically excuse me sadaqa is a charity spending money on the people on the poor people are uh, expecting reward from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala similarly has made hadiya hadiya means a gift hadiya is for all the people that they are close to you your relatives your friends so you know you give them money them to them or something and don't expect any reward you know for the sake of the friendship and relation that hadiya that's very very important also people get reward for that to introduce sadaqa only for sake of allah and hadiya for the sake of relation and uh, friendship that also people get reward for that then he made transaction exchange means you have something and i have something and you want what i have so i see if i you have something equal similar to we exchange so this transaction always have been and that is called in arabic language bay'ah and we commonly say buying and selling the people buy and sell they sell and this helps uh, you know the economy of the, the world to move faster to so you you know make things which people need so you sell to them and you get money and buy the money you buy something else that you need to every uh, you know everybody you know produces something and then they gain something so it is good really it is good production so these things are allowed in islam and i always have been allowed and allah has made it very very clear you know people should do this thing sadaqa charity hadiya gift and also transaction buying and selling cuz that helps the human civilization to move faster everywhere in the world the other thing is that sometimes the poor people they don't have enough immense people don't give them sadaqa don't give them gift and they need urgent money sometimes they need money for the food sometimes they need something for the wedding for to marry someone or to build a house so they need money they can't buy things that they want because they don't have money 
So in that case, human civilization always had something called qard. Qard means lending money for no interest, for the sake of Allah, for the sake of humanity. The poor people, you lend them money, and when they have enough money, they pay you back. If they can't pay you on the time, then the Hadith, has, uh, even the Quran actually encourages people to give them more time. And actually, if they cannot pay at all, then you have you are encouraged to forgive them. And that's how Islam has been actually. Many, many times the pious people, they lend money, and if people cannot pay, pay them back, they used to delay, defer the payment. If they still cannot pay, they used to forgive them. Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmahullah ta'ala, forgave money of so many people who borrowed from him, and that people can learn from his biography. And people say, we are Hanfi, but we don't follow, follow Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmahullah ta'ala. This is what he has done. All these institutions, they are very important. Sadaqah should remain in the world. If people make sadaqah a business, it will be haram. What means business? I give a poor person money, and then I expect him that you know he helps me and he build my houses and do shopping for me for nothing because I gave him sadaqah. So my reward for sadaqah will be uh, destroyed, and I will get punishment because you know I gave sadaqah, and in the you know in the exchange of sadaqah, I respected reward in this world. It will be haram, and people get punishment in the day hereafter. When you give sadaqah to the poor people, they forget. You give for Allah and don't expect any reward. Same thing if you give hadiyah to the people, that I give you hadiyah, so I should give it for the sake of friendship and expecting no reward. But if I give hadiyah, like you know, people give hadiyah to Faisal, that is director of Cambridge Islamic College, in order that my son get admission or my brother gets uh, you know, a job there. If people give for this purpose hadiyah, then it is sin, and the hadiyah is called bribery, and people do these things. It no more any anything reward. People should not change things from what they are. Sadaqah should remain sadaqah, and hadiyah should remain hadiyah. Similarly, lending money. Lending money is very important. Lending anything is very important. You know, it's great help for the poor people. Uh, you know, uh, uh, on the time of uh, uh, you know urgent need, so people have a spare money. They lend them. Now, if this lending money becomes a business, it will be haram, no doubt, because you know you will be exploiting the poor people's need. So you say to the people, "I give you money. You know, if you pay me back more, so that is big, big haram." Allah Subhanahu wa never likes that. Actually, in the Quran, Allah never used the word uh, enmity, you know, for Himself, except for those who take interest on lending money. They lend money and they charge more. That is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. These people have, uh, you know, they have been in enmity and hatred and you know fighting war against Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. فَأَذَنُوا بِحَرْبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ A war against Allah and His Messenger. This never should be. Actually, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, so when Allah forbid riba, you know, taking the interest on lending money, then Quraysh said, but uh, you allow buying and selling. When people sell something, they make profit. The same thing, we give money and we make profit. So what the defense, what, what the problem? So Allah said in the Quran, Allah made buying and selling lawful and he forbade riba. Buying and selling, they are lawful. You know, because you, know, you produce something, you import something, so you made effort and then you sell and people get. But lending money is just a favor. 
for the sake of Allah, for the sake of humanity. Lending money is not buying and selling. It is just a favor. And on the favor, you are not allowed to take any interest, nothing. You cannot do this thing. It is really haram, unlawful. Jews in Medina, that's what they used to do. They had spare money. And if needy people borrow from them, they have to pay them back more. The same the belief. So that's how people have been seeing their Medina. So now if you ask people to spend money the path of Allah to give to needy people, they can't understand. They think, oh, why should I give these people? I should give to the some people who can pay me back more. So when you introduce a revival society, you basically harm sadaqah, you harm hadiyah, I even you harm, you know, qard, you know, lending money for you know, no, no return. The poor people will have no choice. <coughs> Their poor people are exploited because they have no choice. They can't go anywhere. The only thing available for them is to borrow money and interest. So that's why in this context, Quran reminded them it is haram. It is never, never allowed. Now you see, the people developed a banking system. Banking system actually is this, that you know, rich people, they have spare money. They don't want to lend people for nothing. So they deposit their money in the bank. Bank lend their money you know, and take interest, keep some of part of it, and give some of it to the rich people who lended money to the bank. Poor people have now can't go to rich people. They go to the bank, and the bank does not lend them any money unless they, you know, enter into contact to pay more, and they have to, you know, make sure that they paid. <laughs> In 1980s, when you know, in Middle East, you know, because of petrol dollars, people become very, very rich. So now they want to make more and more money. So that's how Islamic banking banking was established in Jeddah and everywhere. And Islamic finance became very important thing. And then, the, you know, these banks and these financial systems, they spent a lot of money on the ulama who said for them, how can you have, you know, uh, uh, same system of lending money and take and making more and more money from that lending money, but uh, without calling it interest. You know, you can call it profit or something like that. So they made, you know, uh, something like that. Looks like, uh, you know, Islamic. Same thing is, you know, uh, 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 you know, it's like mortgage. When you look really, what happening is they treat riba, they treat lending money as a business, as a buying and selling. Which actually the Quran itself has forbidden that buying and selling something else or lending money is something else. You don't confuse between both of them. So what Islamic banking has done, what normal banks used to you know treat as a normal interest usually, so they gave right name. That's fine, right name. They would think it is hala. You know they involve Islamic banks. What it did, they changed the name. Instead of calling it riba and interest, they made this lending into a business or renting. Sometimes they say rent. They say, okay, we buy a house for you for 200,000 pounds and then you have to pay back to me 300,000 pounds. And how it will happen? It's basically like renting house to you. And they have, you know, a, you know long you know, contract. So sometimes they call it renting. Sometimes they call it buying and selling. They have different names. But, uh, you know, it is the same thing. And, some, and they make more profit. Than, than normal banks. We have to ask them question. 
that uh, first thing is not buying and selling. You actually giving a new name. You're not renting. You are you are the forcing it to be named as renting. And second thing, uh, my question is, then what happened to our qard? Allah wants people to do lend money to poor people for no interest. Qard is important for the society always have been. And Islam has been defending the qard. And qard is a big chapter in the Islamic book. And qard is a big chapter in the Quran. Quran keeps saying that people who do lend money, you know, lending money and you know no no interest. And the hadith of the Prophet so much that you know lend money to the people. Islamic banks, if they made all this thing in profits, and they call it business, buy. So now question is where qard has gone. If a normal people, a poor person wants to borrow money for no, you know, without any interest. Can these Islamic banks and Islamic financial system provide a qard, pure qard for no interest? No, they will never do. So what they're doing is really something else. They are not doing what Allah wants. So that I want to explain to you people, understand really that Islamic finance, Islamic finance or Islamic banking, they did not provide, contribute to the human society anything Islamic. If they have done really what Islam wanted, it would have been a big, big thing. Actually, many people would have been actually impressed by Islam, influenced by Islam. That there are actually there is a system in Islam, and where rich people deposit their money, and poor people can come borrow money for no interest. They can set their business, and when they make profit, they can return back. But this is not happening. They do it in another name, and you know, and they call it finance. Only financial system that Islam approves is mudaraba, meaning is rich people they give their money and poor people do business in that money, but rich and poor both have risk. Both have to share the loss and profit. Both. If they do this, this business Quran allows, Islam allows, this mudaraba, this allows. If it business like buyer, if you want to do a transaction, do like that. But that's not what happening. What happening actually is the rich people get guarantee that their capital will be safe. Not only capital, even the return will be safe. So their card, their the lend money that is safe, protected, and also the interest that they take is protected. Who suffer? Poor people. They have suffered. Every risk they take, all the loss they suffer, while Islam actually is in the favor that poor people don't suffer. Rich people suffer. Rich people sacrifice. Poor people don't take risk. That's what Islam wants. So we have changed everything. So I remind really, in, in the sense, Islamic financial system is actually have no difference uh, you know, from the uh, Western financial system. Actually, it is worse for the poor people because it is more expensive. And I have taught in a course on Islamic finance where I explained very clearly that Islamic uh, fine, uh, uh, banks, their products are worse and you know, and they're actually and they're more expensive. In the world, actually, nobody pays more money for something which is worse in quality. Nobody does like that. <coughs> in open competition, it will not happen. And I think really, you know, if you have understood my what I say, then it would have been very clear to you that reba is not a business. You know, reba is pure lending money and taking profit. The people who lend money, these people have no interest whether you succeed in your business, nothing. They don't help you. They just want to make more money. While Mudaraba, 
is a business because you take risk to your you worried that if you lose you know you you lose as well the modarba is different but uh, this is different islamic banks they did not provide any replacement for qard they say it is substitute for islamic bank i say no it's not substitute it's not badal it's not actually a replacement of what banks do replacement will be to provide a qard with no interest bank has a qard with interest you come forward and you provide a qard without any interest then we can say it is badal it is replacement it is substitute for banking system what you doing is not not a substitute for banking system actually worse than that it is more sucking the blood of the poor people it never going to help anybody i think you know i explain you know, very clearly especially the people who teach you know think when things are clear their mind sometimes they don't explain many things that they think there no need to explain but maybe some of you you know you know they are understanding different to still you have some question in your mind if you have some question you can ask and later on inshallah so kada i'll teach until 3 and then from 3 to 3:30 there'll be question answers so now this is the, the context of battle of uhud when muslims need more help and people who are helping they are encouraged to help and they also encourage them not to put their money in riba to taking money on uh, taking interest on uh, on lending money is completely forbidden actually this riba always have been forbidden in before islam as well no other religions you know jews change it jews say riba is only forbidden you know for the among the jews but you can take riba from non jews but islam actually has same thing for muslims and non muslims Muslims are never allowed to take any riba from Muslims or non-Muslims. They are not allowed to lie to anybody. Muslims or non-Muslims, they are not allowed to cheat anybody. We have same law for Muslims and same law for non-Muslims. Actually, before I move to the verse, uh, let me explain one more thing, because that what people confuse really. So you must have understood the riba that people, Quran is forbidding. This riba belongs to the chapter of Qard. lending money this riba is absolutely haram it never never allowed even the doubt of riba is haram if it's something if you are doubtful whether it is riba or not leave it it is also haram it's very very clear instruction for this in the quran in the hadith and also in the sayings in the practice of the companions of prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam there is another riba which actually that i think many many of these fuqaha jurists they are confused that riba belongs to the chapter of buying and selling is it clear this riba that quran forbids does not belong to the chapter of buying and selling it belongs to another chapter and that is qard lending money but there are other riba which belongs to the buying and selling that riba is never mentioned in the quran that riba is only mentioned in the hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that why the fuqaha have two names for this two riba the riba that quran mentions that is called in islam riba al-jahiliya riba of jahiliya means riba that even people before islam they used to consider riba as haram something ugly nobody ever approved it even before islam that's called riba al-jahiliya that is what quran forbade that never never allowed even the doubt of riba is not allowed 
and that belongs to the chapter of the Qarb. Then other riba that was introduced by the Prophet Arabs never knew it. No religion knows it except Islam. And first time it was introduced by the Prophet Muhammad Nobody ever actually knew. Actually, people came and cannot understand how can be riba. It was done by him. And that why it is called riba al-Islam. Means that riba which Islam forbid, which was not from before Islam. That riba is called, that riba is riba in the buying and selling. And many of you, you know, attending this class for the first time, to make it very clear really that the two types of riba, one riba which is buying and selling, that was introduced in Islam. One riba which belongs to the lending money, that riba always exists in the world, in every religion, it always has been forbidden. The riba that Quran forbids, that is riba al-qadr, riba al-jahiliya, the riba interest on the lending money. This riba never, never allowed. The riba that is the Western bank, banks do, that is riba of the Quran, riba al-jahiliya, that's never, never allowed. What Islamic finance system has done on Islamic banking, they changed that riba into buying and selling. So that I said they, they gave a new name, but never can be new, buying us. It's not the buying us, it's not renting. It is simply lending money and haram. The riba that Quran, the hadith forbid, why I'm mentioning that? Because many, many fuqaha, if you read the books of the fiqh, I have been teaching really to I have shown people, they fuqaha also have misunderstanding. They even mention the Quranic riba in the chapter of buying and selling. And they mention both of these riba at the same time, and that's a big, big mistake, no doubt really, because the riba of the hadith is very simple riba. The riba of the hadith is the Prophet said, Don't sell. This hadith in Muatta, Bukhari, Muslim, all the books of the hadith agreed upon by all the jurists Abu Hanifa, Malik, Shafi'i, Hanbal, all the fuqaha, nobody disagree. So the hadith is that don't sell gold for gold, silver for silver, salt for salt, wheat for wheat, barley for barley, and dates for date. How many things? Six things. Gold, silver, salt, wheat, barley, and dates. The Prophet mentioned six things. Don't sell them for the same. And see, you don't sell gold for gold, or silver for silver, except yadam biyadin, hand to hand, means don't delay the payment. I I sell my gold to you, so I pay my gold now and you pay now. You cannot, you cannot say I'll pay one hour later or tomorrow. If you do this, it'll be riba. And also he said, mithlam be mithlin, it should be same for same. If I'm selling my gold, which is 10 grams, and I take from you 11 gram, that will be riba. Or you pay 9 gram, it will be riba. It will be same. So whenever people exchange gold, silver, wheat, barley, salt, dates, for the same, there are two conditions. One condition is, it should be yadam biyadin, same sport, same place, you know, never differ. Differing is riba, haram. Second thing is, it should be mithlam be mithlin equal, same for same. 
these six things the prophet had to use it was never known in the past because whenever people in the past used to you know exchange dates for the dates certainly both dates are same quality nobody will exchange meaning the one is better quality and one the lower quality so when people sell you know better quality dates for the lower quality so there will be increase and decrease lower quality will be more and you know and better quality will be less so for example if i've got good quality dates and i sell to you so i can say that you know, i'm selling my one kilo and you have to pay me one and a half kilo and you agree because you you want my good quality i i want maybe more quantity so you know, agree so whenever people exchange same for same thing and they agree on increase and decrease different reason because their quality is different that's why they agree <laughs> This was never forbidden in the Jahiliyyah, and Islam is the first religion forbid. Why the prophets are forbid this? Because this also can lead to the riba. How it can lead to riba? It can similar to riba. What will happen is a poor person, you know, he wants to marry his daughter or something. He has got you know wheat, very good quality, but it will not be enough for the party. You know, there are more people coming. So he think, okay, let me sell my good quality wheat to someone rich person who has bad quality, and I get more quantity. I need more quantity rather than quality, so I can feed more more people. He will do. So this basically will lead to exploitation of the poor people. Poor people never will have quality, never, never. Their quality will be always affected all the time. Rich people always get the quality. So for this reason, the prophet forbade this exchange. But certainly, sometimes people need this this exchange. So he allowed them different way. He made it. He said, "Okay, what you can do? Sell your good debts in money for the money, and from that money buy bad quantity quality debts more quantity." He made this way. Reason is when people make longer, nobody will do except really their need. So that is called riba al Islam in six things. Are they limited to six things or more than two six things? There is difference of the opinion. Some folks they think the prophet only mentioned six things, so this riba only remains in six things. That is the opinion of Imam Ibn Hadhrawi and some people. That also makes some sense because it's not real riba. But most jurists, Abu Hanifa, Malik, Shafi, and Hanbal, they say no. It's not only six things. Six things and anything which are similar to these six things, they will have the same ruling. But what means similar? In this, they differ. Imam Abu Hanifa has an opinion, Malik has another opinion, Shafi has another opinion, and Ahmad Hanbal has more than one opinion. They differ. So these people extend this riba Islam to more than six things. I'm not going to teach you that. If I teach that, it will take actually many, many more hours. Uh, this is the riba that the books of the Fiqh spend so much time, many, many pages, ten, twenty pages, to explain. Though really, this is simple. This is not real riba. This is just. Here, even doubt can be halal. So, what Islamic banks have done? They actually even change the riba jahiliya into riba of you know buying and selling, and that's a big, big trick. So, riba Islam, you know, Islamic banks, they even do, you know, it's not that they do riba. They do riba one sin and second sin sin is they have changed the name. So, they get double sin. That way, when people ask me, I want to buy a house on the mortgage. 
where should I go? To Islamic banks or to conventional mortgage? So I always ask you to go to conventional mortgage for two reasons. One is the people who want to buy a house, they are poor, they need. So we should help them. You know, conventional mortgage, they are cheaper, more convenient. So we should help people to guide them to something cheaper for them. And second thing is, here no trick. Only haram. Islamic finance system is even trick, which make it more and more haram. So that's why I always suggest people, you know, Islamic banking system is actually less Islamic than normal mortgages. And I wrote a few articles, you know, in our English, one of them, and some in Arabic, and uh, some of my friends became very, very angry. Uh, actually, it came to my mind to write more. But let's see, inshallah, if it can help. Because really, I think that uh, we have duty in Islam to help poor people. And since Islamic finance system has become very powerful, this helping the poor people has been ignored. Really. Poor people have no help to go anywhere. They can't go to normal banks because they have interest. They can't go to Islamic banks because they have more interest, more profit. So poor people have no choice really at the moment, no choice at all. Even the sadaqah that people give, it actually has a big, big burden. So think really, you know, when I criticize, I'm not criticizing Islamic banks for any jealousy or hatred. I'm criticizing really because we Muslims have duty to find a solution for the poor people. And needy people in the world are so many. Actually, Islam is a religion which even if, you know, allows something forbidden for the sake of poverty. Something will be haram for poor people, but for rich people, for, for the poor people, Islam make it halal. So we, it is duty on the Muslims to find, to actually keep continuing the system of Islam. And that is to make institutions or encourage individuals who can lend money for no interest. And that at the moment has finished. That qard actually has finished. And that qard must be kept alive. You know, qard without interest must be kept alive. It is duty of the believers. So this is the reason I am angry with Islamic finance or Islamic banking system. You know, not any personal reason because I don't really have any personal relation with these people anyway and I don't have any dealing. Actually, they have been asking many, many times asking me to be part of their system. So I have worked for a few, few times, I know really. So they have been, even now. So, but uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah SWT has saved me from that. And I think it is better for me to spend my, my time on teaching and writing. And that will be more helpful for the believers rather than to be part of a system which my heart never accepts. So anyway, so now to come to the Quran. Quran says, Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu, la ta'akulu riba adha'afam muda'afa. Oh believers, don't eat riba. Here it becomes very clear, the forbidding is for eating riba. So people who are obliged to pay riba, they don't get sin. So people who buy a house on the mortgage, Poor people who borrow money on the interest, they don't get any sin because they have no choice. You know, if they have choice, still they go, then they will get sin, like an Islamic system. If Islam provides for the people facility to get uh, uh, borrowing for no uh, interest, still people in, involved in the interest, then the Prophet has cursed for those who pay interest and those who take interest, for both of them because both are part of the system system. But if we don't provide the society any card, any card for no interest, and the people are obliged to borrow money from the banks or from the Islamic banks, 
then they don't get any sin. Actually, the sin of rich people will be much, much more multiplied. So this you take many times when I, uh, people come to me and ask me, can I borrow house on the, on the mortgage and I allow, so they quote me that hadith. So I have to explain to them that hadith belongs when people have alternative. If people can get, you know, can borrow money for no interest, still they involved in the interest. They help the system. So that is never, never allowed. But at the moment, poor people have no choice. So if poor people, they borrow money and they pay interest, they don't get any sin. So the sin will be on the rich people. So that was the Quran. The Quran does not say people who give riba, they, they, uh, they do haram. The Quran says those who eat riba, those who take riba, they are the one who sucking the blood of the poor people. They are the one who actually uh, harming uh, you know, uh, the poor people and hurting them. So Quran said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la ta'akul riba adha'afa muda'afa. Don't eat riba multiplied by many, many times. Adha'af means multiply, multiplication and muda'af means multiplied by many, many times. What happens is people who actually lend money on the interest, it becomes interest upon interest. Then also they take interest on the interest. Then on the interest is going on. So Quran wants to show ugliness of this whole business. So that's why Quran puts all these things. Not condition, not only Rabbi is haram when it multiplied. Rabbi is always haram, even if they're not, not multiplied. The reason Quran makes multiplied to show is ugliness of the riba. That what riba does. Riba does not produce anything. Riba, riba does not make any contribution to the society. What does really is just making money for money for nothing. No, no, no contribution. It's very, very ugly. It never, never allowed. Just keep making money on the, uh, from the money. You know, do some make contribution. You know, do something, then make money. It means buy something, do trade. You have money, buy a house, and then sell the house. So you did something, make contribution, make things easier for the people. You import something from India. So, you know, you made it easy. People cannot, cannot go to India. You came from India and imported. Yeah, then you can make profit. So you make a contribution to society. But just lending money without any help in anything, that's never, never allowed. Haram. So the Quran says, See, in the society of Medina, people who were involved in this business were Jews. And maybe some Muslims were influenced by them. So now when the Quran wants to encourage people to do sadaqah, Quran has to forbid people in riba. Same in our time really. If we want people to do sadaqah, to give gift and to give money for no you know, uh, return, you know, sad, uh, uh, qard, then we have to forbid riba. Then we have to forbid Islamic banks. Islamic financial systems because all these they stop people from doing good. So Quran at one hand encourages people to spend money in the path of Allah, on the other hand, Quran forbids riba. As the Quran encourages people to speak the truth, and also Quran forbids telling the lie. Quran will say pay amana, trust, but Quran also forbids don't cheat. So both are very, very important. So when you say to the people, do good deeds, so you have to also teach people don't do bad deeds. So if you teach both of them, then people learn properly. That's what we say, Amr bin Ma'aruf, you know, teaching people what is good, and forbidding people from all those that even the society. So that the balance has been done. Quran says, because Quran also has mentioned that the people who give sadaqah, you know, they are like, you know, they're spending money, like, you know, you have got a, a grain, a, a, year and from that you know seven you know multiplied by many many times 
sadaqah sadaqah is multiplied by many many times so what allah does his multiplication is real because not in this world you know in this world also you can give barakah but you don't take from poor you take from allah that actually what people need to understand really when you lend money to the poor people and you don't take interest it's not wasted you get from allah multiplied by many many times barakah will come to you in your house your family and also in the hereafter so people think if i lend money for nothing i am losing no you are not losing really allah gives you from where you cannot understand it will appear from somewhere he will test you but it will come so you need to trust in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so quran said don't eat riba adafa mudafa so tell you people patrick allah knows that if you forbid something where people can see the profit money so they will play a trick it becomes they can get money and look halal people always do like allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbid ban israel from hunting fish you know from you know on on saturday so what they used to do they used to put the net on friday and they leave it on saturday to all the you know fish are in the net and they take out on sunday so they they can make say that you know we did not fish on uh, saturday so they play trick so people always play trick all the time so they always want to show that they do halal those is not halal because allah know the intention and allah know that you making trick people always have been doing this in this world that you know people always rename things always call them something else so allah knows people will do riba but they will change the name they will call it islamic finance they will call it islamic banking they will call it islamic mortgage they will call so many names it will happen so what allah said wattaqullaha and fear allah you know remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he gave you money now that cause has come to spend money in the path of allah sadaqa or qard do it lend money to the prophet and then he will pay you back when he has enough money or give him a sadaqa so he can spend on muslim needs but don't play trick around if you play trick around allah knows allah does not need your money actually people don't understand when allah created the need of the people the reason is not because allah cannot feed everybody allah cannot make everybody rich no he can make everybody rich the reason he created the need to so he want to test people he want to test you that you know do you really love money or love command of allah so he want to purify your heart clean your heart to so, you know exist existence of the poor people in the society it really in the help of the rich people so then their good quality their generosity you know is known to so allah said wattaqullaha fear allah this really is very important we should reflect on that and that is the purpose of the month of ramadan when allah said in the quran kutiba alaykum as-siyam kama kutiba ala alladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattaqun to ramadan also is for taqwa actually that is same thing for quran as well when people taqwa they can benefit from the quran so taqwa is very very important you know some people fast in order to become slim or they lose weight so this is not taqwa or any other reason or maybe they want to self discipline so i can discipline myself this is not taqwa taqwa is uh, has a few conditions one of them is fear of allah that you fear him uh, second thing is that you know that he sees you so even if you alone nobody can see you allah sees you there's a muraqaba watching allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the third thing is because you fear allah and you watch him then you obey his commands 
do what he commands and stop yourself from whatever he forbids. That we call Ita'atullah, obedience of Allah. So Taqwa has three parts. Fear of Allah, Khawfullah, Makhafatullah, Second is Muraqwatullah, watching Allah, and the third thing is Ita'atullah, to do what he commands and to stop from what he forbids. So these are the three parts of Taqwa. And Islam never can be implemented in this world unless people have Taqwa. Allah does not want from you the form of Islam. Allah wants you the form with the spirit. And the spirit of Islam is Taqwa. If people fear Allah, then they do, then they get reward. So if people stop riba because the fear of Allah, they don't play trick around and they're straightforward, then they get reward. But if they play trick around, they make halal as haram, haram as halal. You know, if you look in it, many of you have not studied Islamic finance and you don't know many of these terms, if you look really, it is so dirty you cannot imagine. You know, all Islamic terms which are very good terms like murabaha, you know, mudaraba, ijara, istisna'a, all the very good terms, salam, the very, and all of them to help poor people basically, all of them to help poor people. Now Islamic banking system has used all these terms to help rich people, completely opposite. All these things were introduced in Islam to help poor people because they have some problem. They should not be allowed. Allah allowed them to help poor people. Now the same tools are used you know, for the rich people, to help rich people. So we actually have changed the reality, we have changed the name, we have changed essence, we have changed everything. Because we don't fear Allah The Quran said, Allah, fear Allah. You know, when the cause for Islam comes, when the, you see the rich people, poor people, help them. Now it is the month of Ramadan. You need to understand this more and more. Especially you can see really, in this Ramadan, you know, one of the trends in the modern world is that people love to do shopping. Even the people have things, still they go for the shops and sometimes they see something and they don't need it, but because they see and it is so attractive, they buy it. So they spend so much money. Uh, so now we are confined to our homes. We can't go for the shops. We can't do that. But still, there's some people who are they do online shopping. Still, they could do the same thing. You know, they're looking in the uh, you know catalogs and this and that, and they buy many things which they don't need. Actually, they can live without that. So this is the time Allah has made us for us to practice how can we live on the uh, essential things, essential goods, what we need. Those things we don't need really, we defer them, leave them. So you can learn this thing. When you learn this thing, what will happen is then you can see you have saved money. This money that you have saved, that money you should deposit to Allah. Give to Allah. How you give to Allah? Give to the poor people. You know, to those causes which are Islamic, Allah's cause, like, you know, madrasa, mosques, you know, imams, those who don't have now enough salary, teachers, poor people, those who are need any help, all those people who need help, if you give to them, you get so much reward. Actually, if you have spent upon you, you could have been questioned the day of judgment. But now you saved money, you spend upon them, you will get so much reward. So if people understand, and then you save to Allah, and when you come the day of judgment, your reward will be multiplied by many, many times. Many, many times people cannot imagine. So that we need to learn really. And again, another thing is, when we sit for the iftar, we should think really that in this time, in lockdown time, 
There are many, many families in the world, Muslim families, they don't have enough to eat and drink. Actually, they don't have anything now, and they're dying out of hunger. We should make an arrangement in some of the four countries to these people. Allah loves your heart. If you have kind heart, Allah loves that. And actually, He loves you, and then He will give barakah. You know, the money that you spend, not wasted. You get that money in your house returned by Allah SWT makes more barakah for your family, improves them, made them more righteous. And then you get reward in the hereafter, much, much more. So Allah said, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ فِيرَ اللَّهِ Then what will happen? لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ So you become successful. You see, people think if they take make more money, they become successful. And that's why Muslims could not understand really. They have so much money and how they can't take interest. So how they can become more successful? To so establish Islamic banks. So now they make more and more money with different names. But Allah said, no, this is not success. Success is when you have spare money, either spend the path of Allah or lend to the poor people. Then you become successful. Spare money, if you put them in the banks and take interest, you don't become successful. Success comes when you spend money in the path of Allah and reward for Allah. Or you keep your capital to the poor people and don't take any profit. You take profit only from Allah. That is success. So, that we need to really, our trust in Allah should be more than anything else. When we take money from the people and explore their need, Allah curses us and everything curses us. Basically, we don't have barakah in our family. So, same money that we took on the interest, our children will waste it. We will waste it and there's no barakah. The need that can be fulfilled by a small amount of money, Allah will take away barakah from us. And we will have to need spend more and more money to get the same thing. So Allah said, You become success. So you keep in mind really that Sadaqah is success. Hadiyah is success. And Qard, lending money for no return, for no profit, is success. Even by buying and selling, exchanging, that also successful thing. But what is not successful is, is lending money with interest, um, renting money, making money from the money alone without any business, without any trade, without any contribution to society. That is never, never successful. That is very clear in the Quran, really. And most of the world is busy in this business, which is harmful to the society and harmful to humanity. humanity. And then Quran says, Allah says success means if people give sadaqah and qard without interest, they get success. And what success is? Paradise. They get paradise and they become neighbor of Allah The so neighborhood of Allah in paradise. They're the reward of the people who spend money in the path of Allah and who give qard for no interest. So they have, you know, paradise. People who give sadaqah to show off to spread poor people or people who give qard and they take more interest for them than Allah SWT said is the same punishment as for unbelievers. They have the same punishment. They don't get success, but they get the same punishment. I've seen really many of these charities, they take money from you and me, and they go to poor people, and they give them something, and they make photo, and they load somewhere that we help them. It's a big humiliation, actually. All the rewards are lost. So that's why I advise all of you, 
Either you have money and you want to spend money to path of Allah, make more effort. Find the poor people and help directly. Allah will be more happy with you and more reward. In this case, all the money will reach to the poor people. When you give to the charities, 70%, 80% are spent on themselves, you know, on their you know, uh, offices, on the workers, on the salaries, on the travelings. And then they show off, they make, you know, all these things, humiliate the poor people. If you humiliate the poor people, you don't get any reward. So even your rewards are lost. So I'll advise all of you, never give your money to any charity. Give your money directly to those causes. For example, if you see, like in, our, in this time, it could be, I don't know really exactly, because in this country, things are even better, that, you know, people who used to get salary, now if they don't get it, they can claim for 80%. Fine, but maybe there are some imams, or some teachers, they have no payment. I don't know who these people are. You have to find them. If there are people like that, and you help them directly, you get so much reward. Their family will be happy, and you get reward. There will be some widows, some orphans in this country who don't have anything. You find them and give them. If you don't find this country, then find people in Bangladesh, Pakistan, India, African countries, even Palestine. And you can have your direct contact. Or, you know, through your friends, give them. But I will advise you very strongly, don't uh, give money to any charity. You can spend even money to madrasad because many madrasad now don't have time to go and collect money because they can't leave the house. The, you, even call Islamic colleges, things like that. If you spend money on them, then Islam, Islamic teaching will continue. Otherwise, they will close down. They never can function. They never can work. And they're doing so many good things. The people who do business with the name of charity don't give them anything. But people who do genuine work for Islam and Muslims, you, it is your duty that you must make effort to help them. So Quran says, Fear the fire which have been prepared for unbelievers. So meaning if the people take interest, they have same fire which Allah has made for unbelievers. If people give sadaqah and they show off, and they humiliate the poor people, they get the same punishment as Allah has made for the unbelievers. It is really very frightening, very bad. You know, you spend money, and you, you uh, and what you get actually is a punishment and a hellfire. The solution is always to obey Allah. That, you know, I was uh, just a few days back, on, on Thursday, I gave a reminder about month of Ramadan. So I made very clear one thing, that when you obey Allah, it's always good. Obedience of Allah always produces good. When you obey yourself, sometimes it will be good and sometimes bad. So it always remember. Whenever you have two choices, one is to obey Allah and one is to obey yourself. Obey yourself may be good, looks good for you, but it has some hidden harm which you don't know. But when you obey Allah, it always good. Obedience of Allah never produces anything bad, anything harmful. Always good. That's why the believers are for them. The best thing is in every matter to find out what Allah commands. Whatever Allah commands, do it. So Allah says, And obey Allah willingly. Not in like your force. means to obey someone willingly. Obey Allah willingly, and the messenger. Obey the messenger willingly. Why you obey the messenger? Because the messenger is the one who brings Allah's command to us. We don't know really. The messenger tells the people. Uh, now the messenger is no more there, but whatever he explained to the people and taught is all preserved 
in books of the hadith the most sound of them are muwattaf imam malik sahih bukhari sahih muslim these three books generally there are some problems sometimes but generally whatever and there is sound so if you don't find something in the quran but you find in these three books you know you have to understand them and follow them. if you don't understand ask scholars sometimes people don't understand them and they came and otherwise also in the circulation there are many many weak and fabricated hadith which people keep circulating don't follow them and in time of you know corona this virus many fabrications going on people have been asking me many many people that hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that when suraya the star rises in the morning then uh, the time is that any epidemic will go away so they think now in in, in may when suraya will rise uh, there will be no corona virus because of the hadith first thing is that hadith is very weak up to like munkar is more likely saying of somebody you know uh, other than the prophet second thing does not mean that what it means really is that uh, when people have crafts the crafts can be destroyed by anything happening you know but uh, when uh, the month of may comes the crafts in middle east are ready now they have no danger of being destroyed that was prophet saying when that time comes now no more destruction and you can sell because crafts before being harvested you are not allowed to sell but when it may comes you can sell because now it is safe from the strength that the meaning of the saying of the companion is not hadith but now people think it actually belongs to an epidemic there no be no plague in may or june this is not right and you will see really it will continue then all these people who have been saying you wrong things they will disappear they make a wrong hadith circulate them and then they disappear so there are many many of these things which have no proof nowhere their circulation so when we say obey allah the messenger meaning it what is authentic hadith what is known clear to that the prophet said and common people don't have access so i'll tell you when hadith in muwatta bukhari if somebody quotes a hadith like this hadith in not bukhari muslim muwatta so when people quote a hadith ask them where it there if there is bukhari muwatta muslim more likely still their problem more likely to be safe you know you can ask alim and if But if not them, then you should be more curious, more you know, more likely to be a problem. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, "Obey Allah and the Messenger." Laal lakum tu hamun, so Allah will have mercy upon you, rahma upon you. You see, if you want, we can't survive in the world without Allah's mercy, rahman, rahim. Everything He does, He has no interest really. That's why we obey Him because He has no selfish interest. We don't obey ourselves. Why? Because we are selfish. Allah has no self interest. So whenever he commands you something, always commands you to benefit you. He does not benefit from you. That word means Allah is one. Allah is one means he does not need anybody. You know, never, never. No, he has no expectation. Without anybody, he is complete. His completion does not depend on the people. So whatever he does, he does rahma. When people obey Allah's messenger more, then his mercy, rahma, becomes more for the people. So Quran says, "Laal nakum kurhamun." Now I stop it here, and if you have any question, please ask. Not come. Okay. So you know, please, if you have a question, you know, forward the question, then I can answer. Uh, maybe I can even continue one more verse uh, until the question comes. But uh, you know, anything that is not clear to your mind, because I explained to you so many things, especially I criticize the Islamic banking system, Islamic finance so heavily. 
uh, and I don't think anybody else other than me criticized so heavily. So many of you have, you know, many doubts about what I taught. If you have any doubt, any question, uh, you can ask about that as well. Uh, and any any misunderstanding about the difference between the riba al jahiliyyah or riba al Islam, you can ask about that. Now the Quran says, "Wasari'u ila maghfiratin min Rabbikum." What happens when people have a system based on the interest? Everybody race to have more money and to deposit in the banks so they can make more and more money. That's what people do in this. Everybody does the same thing. Allah said, don't enter into that competition, that race. You know, your competition should be somewhere else. You should compete the people in maghfira, in cooperation, helping people, in sadaqa. Don't compete people in renting money. Compete people in sadaqa. You give sadaqa, I will give more sadaqa. You give qard for non I will give more qard. So, you know, that what you need to sari'u ila maghfiratin min rabbikum and compete each other to a forgiveness from your Lord. When you do this, sadaqa and charity and all those things, Allah forgives you. Your sins are forgiven. When you take interest, your sins are multiplied by many, many times until people go in to hellfire. But when people give sadaqa, then they, you know, give maghfira. And when people give in, take interest, what they get really? Nothing. Very little money. When people give sadaqa, what Allah gives them? Wajannatin. They get a paradise, its width are heaven and the earth. So, you know, length is much, much more than anyway. Imagine, really, if you get a paradise garden where you, in your width is only equal to all the heavens and the earth. Huge paradise. Allah SWT. So, when people spend money on the path of Allah, they give money, lend money for no interest. The reward Allah gives them is so huge, nobody can imagine, really. But it's opposite. Hellfire is prepared for the unbelievers. This thing is prepared for who? has been prepared, made for those who fear Allah. That's what you need to do. Do fear Allah. Don't expect reward in this world. Don't show off. Don't show your, your favor upon the people. Don't tell people that how much good deed you have done. Like in the mosque, sometimes people announce that so and so do, uh, you know, donated this money to the mosque and so and so this donation. And sometimes people write this in the newspapers so they don't get any any reward reward is when you do for the sake of allah sometimes people donate and then they have photos and pictures and you know going on circulating that this person gave this money to this college and to that place so there no reward at that so i stop it here if any question please ask it is nearly impossible to avoid having a bank account what can we do with the interest that accumulates yeah so this is a really very good question yeah, in our time, to keep money at home is really a problem because, you know, could have a robbery or stealing or something like that. So the way the world is, people obliged to, uh, you know, put money in the banks. But in the banks, there are accounts where you don't pay any, don't take any interest. But anyway, somehow you have put your money in an account where you get money, you know, interest. The first thing is understand that interest is not yours. Nothing to do with you. You don't own it. it. Does not belong to you. If you get it, poor people, because for them, even haram can become halal. So what you need to do, take that money and give to some of those poor people without expecting any reward. Because it's not your money. And expecting reward in haram money is haram. So don't expect any reward. Give them and forget it. And don't uh, 
take any favor from those poor people. So you should not benefit from that favor, from that money at all really, to give that money to poor people, living far away, or, or you never come in contact with them. So you never use them, you never meet them, you don't take any any sadaqafa, any gift from them, any party from them. The poor people who never spend money upon you, you have to give to them. So if you can manage that, that is good. But like, you know, a far country, send worry there, it will be fine. Means any place where you don't expect reward and don't get anything in return. You can give to the madrasa, the Islamic colleges, uh, but um, keep in mind, then don't make your son or your daughter or someone study there. If they study there, then you cannot give them because you're taking some, some benefit. You're only allowed to give it to those places where you don't get anything, any any benefit. Okay. Sheikh, can the rich provide a set service fee for the initial loan given for Mudaraba? Can the rich provide a set service fee for the initial loan given for Mudaraba? Maybe if I understand the question correctly, uh, you know, if uh, rich people want to, you know, give money for Mudaraba, what it means is, you know, the only business that Islam allowed is Mudaraba and Musharaka. Musharaka is partnership. But Mudaraba is when you give money to the poor people, needy people, they don't have money but they want to do business, you give them money and both of you share. So meaning is a profit loss. Maybe that, you know, the uh, the person who's doing business, he'll take 60% profit and you take 40 or 50, 50. It depends whatever you agree. That's a mudaraba. If people do this, it's a great help really. And if your intention is that I want this uh, poor person to develop a business and he can be his income, you even get reward. Actually, every buying and selling, if you make intention, it also can be a reward. So mudaraba is one... When people ask me what is Islamic finance system, so I say only Islamic finance system is Mudarba, nothing else, Mudarba and Musharaka. If people do that very clearly, then it is really, it is something good help. But otherwise people, you know, it is called the rent, lend, you know, lending money for no interest and no profit, nothing. Yeah. Is it then allowed to take mortgage from conventional banks? That I've been saying so for such a long time. Still, you know, to ask, you know, I said that, you know, people who cannot afford to buy a house and people don't give help them to buy a house and they need a house. A house is one of the needs of the humanity. So you can buy a house on the conventional mortgage and you have to pay interest. To paying interest for, uh, when people need it and they don't have any other choice is allowed. If people, if people give you card without any interest, then you should take that. But if you know, don't have anybody, then certainly the only choice you've got is, you know, the bank interest, bank mortgage. You can do that, but keep in mind, don't enjoy that. Meaning it, when you take uh, this uh, um, uh, money, you have to make effort to pay it as soon as possible. Because sometimes deal is 20 years or 25 years, and you have enough money to pay before that. So I advise you, don't remain in the interest for such a long period. Whenever you have more money, pay them more. So then the period of the interest becomes less, and even the money that you pay becomes less. What people do, they involve in the mortgage, then they go for a hajj, Umrah, they go for holidays, they do all those things. This is really like enjoying the interest. This is not never allowed. I never allow something like that. When you are in the this interest, in this, uh, you know, uh, debt, you must pay as soon as possible. Actually, even you should not pay zakat. 
you know, your money should go in that. Actually, you can receive zakat. People are allowed to pay you zakat, so then you can get rid of your, you know, debt because this debt is very harmful because it's interest. So you know, yeah, as soon as possible. So yeah, you're allowed to buy a house on mortgage, but be serious. Don't enjoy it. Make sure that you pay as soon as possible. Don't go for Hajj. Don't go for Umrah. Don't go for holiday until you have paid all your debt and you are eligible to receive zakat and sadaqah. Do we have any banking or any economic system fully Islamic? You know, actually to say Islamic banking, the same thing like saying Islamic lying, Islamic zina, you know, how can this banking be Islamic? It's two opposite things. That's why banks never grew in Islam, Islamic system. Never, never. Because Islam never. Islam has Baitul Mal. That's another thing. Baitul Mal actually is to help poor people. Baitul Mal used to be a place where, you know, all the money from Sadaqah, charity, anything used to come there. And then the rulers, you know, people who are in charge, they used to pay from that to needy people. So Islam can have Baitul Mal. You know, Islam can have a, you know, institution for, for non-interest qard. But Islam never can have bank. Because bank and Islam, they're two different things. That's why you can, if you look in the history of the banks, they, they actually was, you know, developed by the people who were involved in the, in the interest. They are the ones who developed it. And now it is so common. So when people say Islamic bank, they really just, uh, you know, basically they insult Islam. If bank and Islam, these two words never can go together. Like saying Islamic prostitute, it is insulting Islam. Islam and bank both are two opposite things. They never meet. Regarding the river mentioned in the hadith with the six commodities, are you saying that the hadith restricts trade to equal quality? I still don't understand why anyone would ever trade gold for gold of equal quality. Yeah, to that I think you know, it is it, 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 it very difficult to understand for many people. Uh, uh, you know, because not only you know, if you, if you change gold for silver or barley for wheat, change it, then yeah, then you can increase a decrease. Same for same it's problem. If you change, change gold for gold. Everybody knows when you sell gold for gold and you have been created decrease, it must be different quality. People know this thing. Uh, uh, so Islam said if you do this. The way is sell your gold, get money, and from that money you buy other gold. Do this trick, make it longer, but not directly. Because if you do directly, it can affect and harm poor people. So that exploiting other poor people in any condition, like interest. How can harm poor people? I mentioned. Then all the rich people, they get good qualities. I, you know, I'm a farmer. I grow basmati rice, very nice and all, you know, good quality. And somehow you have got a very bad quality basmati rice. But I need quantity more than quality. I have a big family. So I said, okay, take all my basmati rice and give me a little bit more so my family can eat for more time. So you can see really rich people will always keep the poor people, the one who grew all these things. But who will benefit? The rich people. And the poor people will never benefit. So that's why it's enough forgets all these direct. But indirectly fine, because some people, sometimes poor people need really money. So they can sell them and get money. And then if they want to buy lower quality, they can buy. But when they have the choice, they can't do direct exchange. Then sometimes they will eat actually good quality uh, rice. So this reba is not real reba. Understand, not real reba. It is actually shubhatur reba. It is a doubt of the reba. So the Prophet forbid. That's why it's not so strict. In this one, 
trick allowed. You can make trick. In the real riba, that Quran makes riban lending money. Their trick is not allowed. If you make trick, it's a haram. I think I explained you uh, enough. Uh, but still, you have a question. Uh, not, uh, then you need uh, maybe another class on when I'm in Cambridge or summer teaching. I can explain more. But I, what you need really is go and think, reflect upon this. Because you know, people understand more when they use their mind. So you don't need to ask uh, everything from me. Just you know, go and think really that why the Prophet forbade these things, what the problem is. And you take all the conditions and all the you know, pictures in your mind. It will help you to understand, inshallah. Is paper money haram as some Islamic scholars claim? Which money? Is paper money haram? Paper money? Paper money came in, uh, into circulation because of the interest, but not widely everywhere. And I really, you know, it, it's become like money. You know, in the past, maybe it was it would represent gold and silver, but now the paper money does not represent anything. Actually, it represents something else. It it is actually it is based on it on a different trust. So now we can't make. You know, when the need comes, the things become halal. So now paper money halal. Interest on the paper money will be haram. That you know, I give you 100 pounds, they take 110 pounds, that will be haram. But circulation of the you know, paper money itself is no more haram. When you said that it is permissible to buy a house on mortgage, do you mean it is permissible only to live in it? You know, things which have haram, so they are allowed only uh, for need. We don't want to encourage people to have interest. So, you know, a house which can be sufficient for your need. Yeah, you can buy that. So, you know, it will be allowed for that. What would you advise for one who wants to create an enterprise? Is it okay to take a credit or is it best to keep working as an employee? You know, thing really is, you know, anywhere, you know, if you do a business and, you know, sometimes what happened, like in our, in our time, you know, this uh, uh, epidemic, there are many, many small businesses, Muslim businesses, uh, like uh, some people have, you know, corner shops and some small business uh, and they are affected. They will be affected for two, three months. People like that, they can't afford because they have to spend money on their family and things like that. So for them, I give fatwa that you can take because the government has made facility to lend money. Actually, they are lending money without any interest. So if you can take that facility and take some money, even actually with interest, uh, it is need really. Otherwise, all Muslim businesses will de they will die. It will ha affect you know all the Muslim cause very heavily. You know, so many families will become poor. So in this case, I allow. But generally, if you have enough money to feed your family and you have a work, so we don't allow people to take money in just uh, you know loan for the sake of establishment of a business uh, because you don't need really. You just need to grow your in income. For the growth of the income, we don't really need to go for haram. So I don't advise really people to take any loan just for the sake of the business when there's no need for that. If there need, for example, somebody does not get a, any work, nobody implies nothing, and the only choice they got is really start some small business and he had no money, yeah, then it's need. If there's need, then a haram can become halal. But if there's no need, then a haram will remain a haram. Can we trust a charity when it claims that they give 100% of the donated money to the recipient? You know, even the claim, still I will advise you, just pay directly. Because Islam wants 
your direct contact with the poor people, not through agencies. You know their condition, you see them, you know, and then maybe when you see them, you pay them more, because you, you see, oh, they need more help. But when you, and then poor people see you, they say, this person, how kind he is, they know you, they want become like you. So we want really poor people, needy people, and rich people, they should come in contact to each other. This claim that we pay 100% is not true, really. You people have no idea in this matter, because I've got friends so who work in this. This what they mean by 100% is actually something very ugly. What they will do, they will buy pack of food. So for example, they will buy packs of the food which very, very cheap, like, you know, 1,000 pounds or 2,000 pounds. And then they charge when they give to the poor people to make money for themselves as they have, you know, paid 2,000, 3,000, so they make a profit on that. So something which is cheaper, but, you know, so the charity pays 10 pounds, but they take from you 20 pounds for that. So they charge you 20, like a selling way to you, basically. So you give 100 pounds to give to poor, poor people food. What they will do, really, they will give them food of 50 people, but charge for, uh, 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 food of 50 pounds and charge 100 pounds. So that's what they do. So when people say that we are giving 100 percent, that's what they do. They do trick. So they, they, you know, they take your money and uh, charge double. So you know, you think you know your money has gone, but I don't really even believe that. They must. How can they pay for their employees? You know, but maybe this way. But anyway, charities never can survive if they pay 100 percent. It's impossible. It's the institution. They have people who work for them. It's impossible that they pay all these, you know, people 100%. The best thing is make effort. I don't understand, you know, why you can't pay directly. It will take time, but you get reward for that. So you spend time and pay people directly. Don't go through agencies. Don't go through charities. It's a waste of your money. And sometimes you get sin because these people don't, they insult poor people. If they insult, you get sin for that. Yeah. Should charities not prove that they have donated the funds over or advertised their services so more people donate to help the poor people? You know, the thing really is I charities has become like a business. You know, they are not doing it because helping the people. Otherwise, they should encourage people to pay directly. And they say, okay, if you can't pay, then come to me. They, they don't do it. They make every effort to pay them. They are in competition. And the way they have it, I've seen really in this country, sometimes they ask me to teach and then they, after that they started advertising for the charities very very ugly it never never islamic so i become very upset and i have got many information from the people about these charities that how bad they are so i i don't have any good thinking about them i advise you very strongly and actually what happens when poor, when people give money it should be spent on the poor people so like a zakat now some other people who receive zakat in this country some of these agencies they actually are proud both that they have got two million pound account, three million pound. I was really very upset because this money was given to you to give to poor people and you keep in your account and you are proud of that. So many of these charities they have got a you know big account throughout the year. So the money remains there. So this is a very, very big sin really, because the money should go to the poor people as soon as it's given. You know, I you give your zakat in Ramadan should reach to the poor people, but these people keep the money in their account for a long, long period. So I don't trust in any of these charities. And I advise you 
that you know you have you should have direct access to the poor people some people argue that the one who pays interest gets punished too because they are perpetuating the haram system meaning that without borrowers the system cannot continue no i explained that you know this in islamic system when people have access to have a, you know qard uh, borrow money without riba if they still want to you know participate in the system they get sin here actually poor people have no uh solution you know there's no way you know i want to buy a house who is going to lend me money for no interest the i have no choice but to go to the banks i remember in oxford once i was work you know one of my colleague he's a english and his father is a priest in the church so he always to tell his stories of his father in how he preaches and all those things so this uh, my colleague he said i'm going to buy a house you know on the mortgage and it's very heavy so i said to him you know your father is priest in the church why doesn't he ask a church people that my son is going to buy a house lend me money for no interest and will pay you back when the time comes so he said akram you know this thing used to be passed in in past england now nobody will give money for no interest it's impossible it never can happen so the thing really if there nobody can give money for no interest the people who are needy need to buy a house what do they do there no solution the only solution to buy so they are not doing this to participate in the business in the system they are only doing for the need so people like that they have fine they are fine if people have access to the qard without interest still they want to have interest then they will be sinful up until what year did we have true islamic loans was it until 1980s or earlier no islamic loans always have been there even now really people give money alhamdulillah I give money sometimes to the people who want to have qard sometimes they pay back sometimes they don't pay back you know all those things going on in the world you know this how the world is it's still now in the villages everywhere but i'm thinking this islamic banking system had made things more complicated now people think okay if i i muslim i should deposit my money to islamic banks and i get more more money so people come more more greedy but otherwise still there are good people in every society in maybe in muslims more who lend their money for you know for no interest so we have to encourage that actually we have to encourage that more and more if you pay the mortgage off quickly there is usually an early settlement fee would this not be worse because sometimes you end up paying more yeah if it, you know i don't know really all the details if there is you end up to uh, you know pay more yeah then delay it until you, you know don't pay more i don't want you to pay more but i'm thinking you know if you have choice to pay earlier without paying more you should go for that what are your views on getting a university loan yeah to like you know study you know in the university is one of the need of the people uh, so certainly if people have no other uh, income and nobody supports them no scholarship and you know so then yeah then they can take a loan and pay actually the university these loans are easier you know in not not so heavy for the people so i advise people okay yeah take a loan and then complete your study because you know it's one of the basic needs of the people salam in an ideal islamic banking system can they charge a fee to help pay for the wages of employees i mentioned earlier there's no ideal islamic banking to islamic banking does not exist islam and bank are two different things so i never think there can be any islamic banking you can make baitul mal there's another thing you can make baitul qard the house of lending money and for the sake of the paying for the employees you can have another way of income 
which can pay for them. But qard should be qard without any. Don't charge anything from the poor people. Don't who, those who come to borrow money, they should be guaranteed that you only pay what you have borrowed. Nothing, no charge, no fees for paper. What in India people do differently? That's the old trick. So when the poor person comes to borrow money from these Islamic banks, so if he borrows 100,000 pounds, rupees, so that's okay, you have to pay 100,000 pounds. But this paper, the form on which you're going to sign, we sell it for 50,000 rupees. To pay 50,000 for this, and 100,000 to 150,000. Paper does not value 50,000 pounds, rupees. They make all these tricks. Why? Basically, to have same interest as any other bank. So this thing never, never allowed. People, all trick, you know, people should, you know, the borrower should be guaranteed. They only pay, pay what they have taken, not more than that. If you establish a system like that, you will get reward in the hereafter. And rich people should be able to pay for the institution. So if you make implies rich people should make payment of money, okay. The people who work here, we have to arrange how to pay them. But poor people only pay by the money that they have taken, not more than that. There are actually some rich people I heard in uh, Gujarat. What they did, they built uh, houses for the poor people. And then they gave them on the loan. That, you know, buy this house for, uh, you know, 100,000 rupees, 200,000 rupees. No interest, nothing. Just, you know, for the sake of, in same money for the cost. They don't take them, because they're rich people, they have their own business, but they make houses for the poor people. But they say them, pay us money, what we the cost, then we build new houses for new poor people. So this is very, very good for the poor people. You know, they pay in you know, a very cheap money. Then rich people, they take that money and they build new houses going on. And also these rich people have in mind, if some poor people cannot pay back, we'll forgive them. So a scheme like that is very, very good. Really, you know, because, you know, really in the hereafter, you will get so much reward. If people in this country also, some rich people, they make, a, you know, houses for the poor people and give them for the cost, uh, and then when the money comes back, build new houses, it will be good. And if they don't pay back, you have intention that I forgive them. So Allah will really, you know, reward you so much. Because everybody else is just making money and you want to help people. Do we have to pay zakat now if we are in the process of buying a house as a primary residence in three, four months' time and all the money will be spent on the purchase of this house? You know, either you have not purchased the house and one year has passed, you have to pay zakat. zakat you don't pay zakat once you have borrowed the, borrowed the house. If you have purchased the house, you don't, spend, you don't pay zakat for the house. But before buying the house, like Ramadan, in Ramadan, you pay zakat every year. You have got 300,000 pounds. And after Ramadan, you want to buy a house. So you have to pay zakat because you have got money. Once you get the house, then since then you don't pay the car. But when you have the money, you have to pay the car. The three parts of taqwa you explain for Allah in Ayah 130. How do we understand this for Ayah 130 when Allah says to have taqwa of the fire? Yeah, sometimes taqwa is used in, 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 our, in the Quran just to avoid. But that avoid also result of that thing. It means avoid the, you know, be careful of the fire. And careful only comes when people fear Allah because you don't know the fire unless Allah tells you. to tell you, see Allah and obey Allah. So you be careful of the fire means what means? Meaning is you fear Allah, you see him and you obey him. That's how you, you know, save yourself from the fire. 
to do it taqoo means save your face from the fire but the meaning is same meaning is fear Allah watch Allah and obey him don't disobey him can we buy shares on the stock market of the company we work for and sell them after a few months yeah because you know okay that's fine because there's no harm in that there's no interest in that to just like a business um can we accept a sum of money from an investment organization in exchange for shared profits can we accept what can we accept a sum of money from an investment organization in exchange for shared profits the paying for what i don't understand because you know if you are a part of the business then you take your profits anyway to what anything else if you're part of business or any 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 you have shareholder of a company and they give you profit on that share that's fine any other payment i don't understand what else they pay um, Okay then, that's fine to stop it here.